What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. My talkers, happy Tuesday. Julia is back with us in studio and shortly, Mr. DJ Rock Lobster is going to be joining us today for the show. We've got a good show ahead here. What is going on? How was your trip? How was your weekend? Any good claims to fame, Julia? Oh, gosh. I had so much fun. You know, I went to Wilmington Beach, North Carolina for a a wedding. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's my husband's sister-in-law's son. Okay. And so um, we stayed at this amazing house right on Wilmington Beach, which... Is really beautiful. It was so beautiful. The weather was probably seventy-ish. Well, perfect. Seventy-five-ish. Sunny. Sunny, kind of good. There was a good wind too on some of the days, but it was so lovely. And it's such a pretty community. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Wilmington before. We flew into Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. And drove like a couple hours. Okay. You can fly right in there, but it was kind of spendy. Mm-hmm. And um, the. It was just the wedding was at this place called Ariel Gardens. Okay, sounds it beautiful. Was stunning. It was yeah. like an arboretum. Oh, nice. And um, just fun. You know, it was just family, and uh, it was so much fun, and yeah. everyone was so lovely to me. And I was, was going to say, was this your? This is your? Was this one of the first time intermingling all the, kids the extended and all that? Yeah. yeah. So they knew some of my kids and hung out, and so it was kind of. It was really just a wonderful. Time away and everything was green. Oh God! And uh, we could wear shorts. Yeah, you left right at the right time. I totally. <laughs> all of a sudden, we heard all about the weather here and the trees and the pictures. I'm like, oh, I can't do that again. Oh, that storm we got when you left. Uh, what was it? you left Friday? Friday. Friday. Yeah. So yeah. the storm we got Friday night. You remember when it was like a month ago and they were the sky is falling. And we were going to 28 inches. Yeah. That the storm we got on Friday night was the closest thing we've had to that scare. I feel like. I mean, it was. It was really blizzard-like conditions that night. It got dicey, and everybody knows, and then it was gone in a heartbeat. And for a lot of people like myself, I'm guessing if you haven't checked your basement yet, just a little tip, might want to run down there because... Flooding. I got some flooding last night. Because it came so quick and it's melting so fast. It it came so quick, it blew so much that it blew up against the side of my house, and then it melted like the next day. Right. And I didn't even think to go, you know, all my gutters are in place. And then I came home last night, and I'm like, man... The dogs must be gassy today. I smell something in the house. And I went downstairs and I was like, oh, this is a great start to my night. So, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting. But, yeah, you got away for a nice time and got, got oh, came back I just see. in time. Lori's coming back tomorrow. Lori's back tomorrow. Uh, the team will be back together. I have a I just have a couple travel alerts. First of all, the funniest comments. So our our flight was delayed just a little bit last night. And um, the because of the weather here. Um, planes, flights that were supposed to leave on Sunday afternoon were canceled, getting back because of whatever happened to the weather system and there was backup. And the kids sitting next to us from Minnesota were like, thought, no problem, we'll turn in our rental car yesterday at 11 a.m. We'll just hang out at the airport, assuming mm-hmm. it would be like our lovely MSP airport. <laughs> and unprompted, 
They just sat and told me, this is nothing like our airport. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have... it's a beautiful new airport and everything, but, but there's nothing to oh. do here like our airport. Oh, the MSP is... It's... What were we thinking? You we have go the there best for, yeah, You could go there for an afternoon like the mall. I know, you know? right? Yeah, yeah. So it was very funny listening to that. I'm like, yeah, that's why we say get to the airport early, enjoy yourself before you go. But a big travel tip that happened to us. So we get in our rent-a-car, and I've got all my cords and all my wires, and I'm all ready to do everything. And I'm trying to plug in my USB cord to get the phones to work for everything for the directions. Yeah. They no longer take those. The new thing you have to bring with you. Is it a Thunderbolt? No, it's a USB-C cord. Oh, my God. So it's Apple. They came out with this a couple years ago for Mm -hmm. the iPhones. Yeah. But it's for all phones. But it's a USB-C. And it's a small plug. It does not look like a USB cord at all. And there was... No place, unless you had a cigarette lighter, adapter, adapter, yeah, could you use anything? Oh, God. So then we go to gas stations trying to buy it because yeah. we couldn't get the radio to work. Oh, no. We couldn't get, we ran out of juice on our phone. We were like, okay, this is crazy, but you really, those are hard to find. Mm-hmm. So that's just something in your travel arsenal if you're renting cards, cars, and then people will sell them to you. Oh, yeah, this works with an iPhone. No, it works with an iPad. Or, oh, yeah, that works with it. It works with an Android. So just be really careful. And I just put that in your travel stuff if you're going to rent cars because that's the new way. Oh, that would drive me nuts. That's the first thing I do, like you said. We went everywhere trying to find the cord, too. Oh, get it it synced up, get your music, get your GPS going because you don't know where the hell you are, you know? We have it on your phone, but it's just, but it's you know, nicer you've got this huge full-screen 19-inch yeah. TV on your dash that you could <laughs> Yes, yes. So that was just a little little travel tip. But I'm telling you about that area. They're saying it's just booming, booming. So many people are moving there. It's got one of the, it's had great surf. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of surfing that happens. It's got a ton of craft breweries on this little beach area. Um, it's called um, Wilma World. Like Wilmington, Wilma, Wilma, Wilma Wood, like Hollywood, Wilma Wood. Oh, okay, I like that. Dawson Creek was filmed there. Oh, wow. One Tree Hill, Iron Man 3, We Are the Millers. Oh, We Are the Millers is a great movie, but One Tree Hill, I will do anything. All that stuff was filmed there. Oh, that's so cool. The Ravens. Yeah, it was fun, and no graffiti and no garbage, and you know how I've been feeling about that lately, so it was just so nice for my mental health. Based on the pictures I saw, it looked very clean. I would have felt very good about that. Did you uh, by chance run into someone at the airport? I got a listener that's reaching out to me. They're my talker, maybe, that you ran into or somewhere? Mara? Yes, Mara was at the wedding. Yes, that's so fun. Yeah, Yeah, she was was with us at the wedding. Nice, yeah. That was super fun. Okay. So it was just a great Small world. Nice. Yeah, small very world, small world. And it was just a beautiful weekend. So. Cool, cool. I fun. But you saw Dungeons and Dragons. How was it? Absolutely amazing. Hey, Mara. I, I said, I said yeah. this, hey, Mara. I said this yesterday when I talked about it. If, if you're looking, you don't need to know anything about the game. You really don't. And if you want to take your kids to a great adventure, a good time, you know, this weekend with Mario coming out, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to pick between the two. I think it's going to be a good ride either way. But Hugh Grant was spectacular. Chris Pine was a snack and a half. Regé Jean Page was a snack and a half. And everybody, even Michelle Rodriguez, her character, everybody was cast perfectly. It's funny. And it's it's an adventure that you can literally sit down with no previous knowledge and you will come out and be like, I had fun. And and I'm not trying. And you know me. Usually I'm an optimist about movies. I am not BSing. This is a good time without any background information. You can go. You can just go cold. Yeah. Going cold. I love that. And it did well. That's. 
thirty million on the first okay. weekend. Yeah. Was it expected to do anything like that? Yeah, they were expecting a good weekend, but now this is they're worried, you know, this is the test because with Mario coming out this sure. weekend, this is kind of the I think this one sounds more interesting to me than Mario Kart. Yeah, it 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 will. I think it's it's going to have a bigger audience because you can have it more of well, adults too. Mario's been around since it's the seven. Been around, yeah. Forever. So you know, it's 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 going to be a battle here. I it think is. for the top spot this weekend is I Rocco just, in there. I think? Rocco just showed up. Hey, yeah. hey, it's uh, and the boys today. That's We're right. clawing our way back. We've got Rocco here. We're just. I was just talking about. I was in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay, and I was on the beach, but the downtown area in Wilmington is like. It's really pretty. They have a really nice boardwalk. A lot of history is there. A lot of great restaurants, um, nightlife, shopping. It was. It's. It's very quaint and beautiful. Have I really, you ever been to those parts before? I've been to Charlottesville. Charlotte. I've been Charlotte. Um, I've been to um, what's the big Hilton had right there. I've been to other places, oh. but I've never been here. Uh, where? What's the if, Outer Banks? Is that near there? Where's that? Oh, that's there you go. North Carolina. There right? you go. Yeah, it is. I believe that's like, well, obviously towards the coast. But I'm right on the coast. I don't know. Now, yeah. wait, there's no follow-up questions. I know. Did we <laughs> I'm looking most, at a map here. But I think we have forgotten to tell people the biggest thing today. Oh, yeah. Okay, so guess who added a second show at the Excel? Da-da-da-da-da-da. Queen. Nice. And Adam Lambert. So they're coming. Their first show sold out. We gave away tickets last week. That was a big hit. Guess what we're giving away for the rest of the week? Pairs of tickets to the second show, which is going to be Saturday, October 28th. Tickets for this show now go on sale this Friday, yes, um, April 7th. So um, we're going to be playing... Yeah. Not do I need, name do I need that to make, Oh, do I need to make no, finish, we've, more we've, finish the we've, lines? We've taken care. We might for the rest of the, for the week. week. Yeah, but, but we got we today's did it today. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So we're going to do a little of that today. Um, I've seen that show. Last time they came around. You like, loved it, right? Yeah, it was great. Everyone and I'm not even that. a big, I wasn't like a Adam Lambert uh, American Idol guy, but I was a queen guy. Yeah. And I, he won me over. That's yeah, what everyone said. Know. Grant saw too. Yeah, that's what I, I, I'm waiting for the last minute person who's going to say, Julia, I got an extra time. I know. I'm ready. I'm ready. I was kind of hoping for that for John Mellencamp this weekend. Oh, I oh. know it. Well, Lori, Three of course, shows. she's coming home and going. Yeah. You know, I good. used to go to his concerts by myself. I liked him so much back in the day. Look at you. I did. Rock but star. I just can't. I, I, it's too much. Yeah. One of the best shows I ever saw, and I know we were talking about Queen, but John Mellencamp at Met Center, like 88 on the Lonesome Jubilee Tour. Oh, there you go. Oh. There you go. <laughs> That sounds like I saw him at it might have still been the Civic Center. I saw him though in with Eldenova in East Grand Forks when he was Johnny Cougar Mellencamp. Oh no. Yeah. I mean I, that dates me and I'm talking eighties. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Oh my gosh. El Burrito Mercado, the new restaurant is opened up. They've got happy hour going on. They have cocktails for you to enjoy. And today, it's Taco Tuesdays. $2 tacos. Um, You can't even get a pack of gum for under $2 right now. And you can get delicious tacos at El Burrito Mercado. Authentic Mexican food located right in West St. Paul. Lots of parking. Lots of wonderful food if you want to go dine in. Or if you want to take things out from their grab-and-go deli. Um, They really have... If you're thinking about a party and stuff and need great salsas and great foods or just want to have some good food in your refrigerator and freezer, load up at El Burrito Mercado. Loyal customers can expect to find the restaurant newly remodeled, a new style of service. But just 
It's just going to be wonderful when you get there. And they also serve Mexican breakfast breakfast from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. daily. Please, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, it is the uh, JGR show. <laughs> is that what we're going to call it? JGR? JGR. JGR. Uh, Julia Grant Rocco. All right, so this morning I dove in and watched both parts of oh. the Hulu new documentary called Pretty Baby About Brooke Shields. And you guys might be a year or two younger than me. And um, I don't know if you know what a phenom Brooke Shield was in the 80s. So this documentary, it's it's done by... Allie Wentworth and uh, George Snuffleupagus. They're married. <laughs> and their production company is called Bed To Bed by Eight or In Bed by Eight. I love that. Because he works the morning news. I love that. And um, people, have, part of the documentary that were weighing in, I didn't know Laura Linney and her were childhood friends mm. and kind of friends for life. Mm. Um, you had um, people, her former bodyguard was on it. You had, of course, it's so much footage because she was so well documented from all the talk shows she was on, from all the commercials she did. And then uh, that gal um, from E.T., what's the blonde girl? Poltergeist, the actress. Uh, the one who died? No, the one that's alive. Who's the one with the talk show in New York that I can't think of her name right now? Who's, in, you know, Drunk by 12? She was in, come on, Steven Spielberg's granddaughter. Drunk uh, No. Yes, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore? Yeah, so oh. she weighs in because that's a childhood I didn't actor. know that she was Stephen Spielberg's grand- okay. granddaughter. There you so go. And she wasn't in Poltergeist, she is. but we still love her. Thank you. I was like, I don't remember her in Poltergeist. <laughs> well, who owns we got someone there. else? We got there. That's okay. how we do it. So um, the first part of the documentary talked really about, you know, her mom wanted this baby. Her mom just craved fame and knew her daughter was going to be famous, and she worked at Lord & Taylor in makeup, and she met this handsome, handsome man, very conservative man, had a baby, immediately just didn't want to be a housewife and just wanted, she thought her daughter was going to be a star from the day she was born, basically. Yeah. And so it talks about how, you know, we, my generation, we all knew about her stage mom, Terry Shields, and about the interesting slash toxic relationship she had with Brooke. But it goes back. I mean, there's so much. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Footage and her being, you know, in her first commercial for Dove, then Colgate, then Bounce, then this, everything. She yeah. was a thing. But at 12 years old, she got a role in this movie called Pretty Baby. Mm. And it was really exploitive. It would never happen today. None of the movies she was in as a teenager would have ever happened today. So it takes you through those. And um, really, her mom was an alcoholic her whole life. So she had to be an adult early on. And just talked about no one really said no to her being in these really inappropriate movies so young, so early. And no one helped her with scenes. It was just a very different thing. It's not a complainy thing. Yeah. It's like, this is my life. This is my journey. Yep. And in the 80s, all we had for information was People Magazine, mm-hmm. the National Enquirer, okay. the Globe. Yep. Um, you might have been able to get an Us Weekly later in the 80s. I bet that came out. Came out. TV Guide was a big, you know, gossip magazine. Rona Barrett had a gossip show. Entertainment Tonight with Mary Hart might have started in the 80s. Mary. So we had no internet. We had no other access. So you had less icons. And these people were so big. Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Brooke Shields, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. Just really big names. And how everyone knew everything about them because we didn't have... You read it in just a few pop culture sites, and there weren't all the peripheral pop culture stars that there are now, if that makes any sense to either of you. Yeah, the in-depth look into everything was far less, it so was, it was easier to look by things, Right, and there was only like four television yeah. shows. You were on Merv Griffin, you were on Dinah Shore, you were on Johnny Carson, uh, later on David Letterman. I mean, there really wasn't access like we have now instantaneously. Yeah. So it just talks about what a major icon she was. Mm-hmm. And... Some, I, I know. I know you two probably aren't going to watch this, but gets into her. Um, she was know, su- and so Michael su- Jackson. Sorry, sorry. So you're saying she was such a huge icon without the information wave that we have today, which makes huge. it even, which shows the significance of how huge she was. Because, huge. like you said, there was such a limited amount of access to information to be a superstar in that time. You really had like now you can go on TikTok and pick your nose the wrong way and have two million followers exactly, in a day. Exactly. I see what you're saying. So she was. She was just bigger than life. Yep. And so she was Time Magazine's icon of the 80s. Um, Lionel Richie wrote a song for her, Endless Love. She was in that movie, Endless Love. She flew to Fiji when she was 15 years old without her mom and to do a movie with Christopher Atkins. Was which, that the Blue Lagoon? No, at, yeah, Blue Lagoon. Oh, God. And where she's naked the whole time, you know? And it it was just wild to think about what she went through back then and blah 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 blah. it's it's really good and then all the sexualizations with her calvin klein ads and Mm -hmm. calvin klein wanted to do something so different and so edgy they made like mini movies all we would ever hear is nothing comes between me and my calvin klein jeans (laughs) and the ads of her Mm -hmm. if you didn't have calvin klein's or nike shoes in the 80s (laughs) there was you were a loser and I never had either. So there. But I mean, I got Sassoon, I got Chic, but I never got Calvin Klein's mm-hmm. until later. It was really 
it's it was just a different time, so it was really interesting in how she finally gets a bodyguard because mm. people didn't even think about it, but it was getting to be so big she needed to. Yeah, and how Michael Jackson and her would just hang. Wow, yeah. and then he go he went on Oprah and said that they were girlfriend and boyfriend. Oh, yes, that was. Awkward. And she called him up and said, "Stop <laughs> this craziness." And she talks about how um, they were so naive about everything, but yet so adult-like from a business perspective. Because mm-hmm. they, you know, did all that. Did they give a look like, you know, with the Pamela Anderson one? Did we get to see her now and how she is and what she's feeling and what mm-hmm. she, you know, like we really got to see this like an in-depth of who Pamela yeah. is now. Yeah, and you, get you that would with Brooke? see Brooke and then it would cut away to all these other things. But when we later in the show, we're going to talk about her postpartum mother her father some other things she's had an interesting very interesting life um and um it's a good for me because i grew up with her i kind of felt like it was really worthwhile watching and it's on hulu it's called pretty baby when we come back uh we've got a fun new show that's going to be kicking off at the children's theater i think you guys may have heard of it I know Grant loves it. Blacko, I bet you've heard of it. I'm excited. Um, But we're going to be talking to the playwright. The Tony Award winning playwright is going to be with us when we come back. American Tale the Musical. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody. All right, so in this house that we stayed at, which actually had a name, the Flock of Seagirls, it was this really big house, and they had the most beautiful flooring. And you really, in, you know, high traffic areas, you really need great flooring. They had luxury wide plank uh, flooring that you can spill on, that's waterproof, that's dentproof, that's sunproof. It was amazing. And it was in a really rich walnut color. And then all the bathrooms had some nice tile. And then they'd have area rugs. But flooring really makes a room look pretty. It makes a big difference if you have something that's always looking good. And is not dinged up. And that's what you can go when you go to one of the flooring superstores at Hammernex. They've got a location in New Hope on Bass Lake Road in 169. They're also in St. Paul right off of Rice Street. Designers are there, commercial, residential. They will help figure it out. Fit in your budget. Tell them Lori and Julia sent you. That song, Never Say Never Again, is from An American Tale. Uh, the muse, and we have the world premiere American Tale, the musical, which is going to be happening at the Children's Theater Company, April twenty fifth, and running through June eighteenth. And we are delighted to have the Tony Award winning playwright Edamar Moses is with us, and you uh, wrote the book and the lyrics for this becoming a musical. And the world premiere is happening right here. Hello, Edamar. Hi, great to be here. Absolutely, and I know we called you maybe a little earlier than you were expecting. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, I'm in New York, so maybe the time difference of one hour got me confused. <laughs> probably, probably. So how excited were you to have this, you know, this charge of taking this wonderful movie franchise, which has four movies out, and putting it on the stage? Uh, really excited. I mean, the... Funny thing is that, uh, and maybe this is true for you too, I'm of the exact generation where I was, I don't know, nine years old when the movie came out, which is the exact right age to see it for the, for the first time. So it is, it's this iconic sort of story and group of characters and, you know, just the image of Fievel with his hat is like, you know, this iconic image of my childhood. So the chance to work on that material, yeah, it was really exciting to my child self. 
And then my adult self is really excited to sort of dig into it and figure out how its sort of message still speaks now, maybe even more so. Right. I might have been more than um, nine, but you're, I think you and Grant are the same age because Grant's like, oh, my God, I love these movies. I love these movies. <laughs> you know, so here, but I, what is it like to go taking something that's already existing yeah. and putting it on stage versus creating something new? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's tricky. Um, my first rule with adaptation is if it's not broken, you don't have to fix it, mm -hmm. right? That you don't want to make changes just for the sake of making changes or just to put your own stamp on something. Um, but because stage is a different form than film or than novels or whatever it is you happen to be adapting from, you have to take into account the things theater does well uh, as opposed to what other forms do well. So, so in this case, it's a, you know, the movie's a cartoon. It has these, you know, action sequences and crazy things happening that you can just do, um, instantly. I mean, not instantly. And I drew it for years, but I mean, it's effortless on the screen, right? What you right. can do with animation, you simply can't do the same thing on stage. So it was really a process of figuring out, first of all, um, how to find the theatrical equivalence of the events and sort of the the spectacle and the and the and then and then also just like the story metaphors like what uh, uh things things happen on stage um much more through through dialogue and through sort of scenes that kind of you know sit in one place for a minute um so it, it's all it's, it's it's you know you start with what works and then sort of build from there. The other thing with this piece in particular is that the movie only has three or four songs. Okay. So if we were going to turn it into a full stage musical, we needed to add, you know, eight or nine new songs. So that was also a really exciting and fun part of it was like finding new moments in the story to, to musicalize or existing moments that could build out into songs. How, I mean, Okay, so I know that you were part of um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the musical. I was, um, I was not. No, oh. uh, the the yeah the the composer lyricist team that I'm working with, Alan Schmuckler and Michael Mahler, who who I'm doing the songs with. They did the songs for Wimpy Kid, but I saw that show and loved it, but I did not work on it. Okay, <laughs> so were you? Does the children's theater then approach you know you and say we want to buy the rights to this and bring it to the Twin Cities and have the world premiere here? Yeah, basically, that's exactly what happened. Okay. Uh, it was CTC that got the rights from Universal and Amblin, who control the movie. Uh, and yeah, they just one day, I just got an email from CTC asking if I was interested in talking about this. And I immediately said yes. And, and because of their history with Alan and Mike on Wimpy Kid and, you know, having worked together with them so sort of successfully on that, they 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 put me together with Alan and Mike and had us all sit down and say, oh, does this seem like something we could all work on together? Was it just, how long did it take you guys? Uh, it's a good question. We, you know, it took a while to sort of, um, just to, to sort of figure out the team because, you know, they didn't, we didn't know initially who the composers were going to be. And then Alan and Mike came aboard and then, you know, the pandemic as with literally everything kind of pressed pause mm -hmm. on all kinds of things that were supposed to happen. So we, we probably started really working in earnest um, uh, maybe t towards the end of 2020, top of 2021, 
was when we really sort of started. We, you know, we had talked and done outlines and written like bits and pieces of songs, but we really started cranking out the first real draft in 2021, I would say. So it's been a couple of years. I think this is so exciting. I mean, Grant was so excited, <laughs> Inamar, because he was your age when he saw all of, um, you know, an American tale, the the, the movie. The first one really hit home. This, the other ones, you know, the the, the second one where he goes west kind of hit. But the first one, I just watched it with my dad all the time. And <laughs> and I remember, and I just want to ask, because I remember Fievel, and I'm, I'm a small guy. And I just remember <laughs> as he makes this journey to New York City from, you know, uh, Russia and everything in the when he when he comes it's so big. Even the ropes that he's I mean, everything is so big and overwhelming to him. And it's his struggle to get to to find you know his family. How do you do you, do you depict that on the stage? Is there a way? Is this you know how are you making that visual happen on stage? Do you know you know what I'm talking about from the movie? How he's I do no, so, so lost so in a big city. On, you've hit on one of the really fun challenges and also opportunities of doing this on stage because. Um, First of all, in a very literal sense, like with, with props and scenery, it's a fun opportunity for the, those, the designers are brilliant, you know, set designer, prop designer, and the, and the shops at, um, at CTC. You just build things. You just start to have fun with scale. Yeah. You know, like you just build a soapbox for Bridget to stand on that's literally a box for one bar of soap. Right. You have every, <laughs> you know, so you sort of suggest yeah. this, this larger human world in the background and above them just through, you know, scale of all of the objects. We even, um, you know, the first thing that people see when they come in, sort of the frame of the stage um, looks like uh, a giant suitcase. And so you sort of have this sense of like, oh, it's as though the whole thing is, you know, so you sort of suggest uh, scale in that way. And then then the costume question is another one. I mean, it's analogous to the challenge you have with something like The Lion King, where the characters are all animals, mostly mice, but other animals too. So you need to suggest that, but you also need to be able to see the actors' faces because that's, you know, what conveys, you know, emotion and gives you access to their inner life. So again, it's sort of like, how do you, is it with ears and tails and something costume wise, you know, so, so yeah, how do we suggest mouse world? But, but that's the magic of theater actually, is that once you establish rules for like how you're creating an illusion Mm -hmm. and stay consistent with them, the audience kind of buys into that reality. Love it. Um, This sounds so so much fun. Awesome. This sounds like so much fun. Now, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Itamar Moses and we're talking about the world premiere of an American Tale of the Musical that's going to be happening here at the Children's Theater Company, April 25th through June 18th. I know from everybody who goes here and takes their kids or their grandkids, or even I think people who just love are playful I, with the Diary of the Wimpy Kid, get so much out of it no matter what age you are. Right. You know, there's always a wink to the older generation or to the young, you know, so everyone's in on it in a kind of a different sweet way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, this is, I I will say this is uh, the first time I've written something that is sort of technically under that umbrella of sort of like young adult theater, but that is what you're describing is my favorite kind. And it's what I like to see in that sort of theater where it operates on all of these levels. First of all, what you said that there's, you know, stuff in there for adults to track, but also because I think kids are, 
wiser and more perceptive than people often give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean they want to follow something like super dense or long, long sure. and boring, although adults don't want to do that either. Right. 100%. <laughs> but they but they get stuff. Mm-hmm. They do. So so um, so, yes, that's part of the fun of it. And also in this case, you know, because it's this fable about mice on one level, but also speaking to these larger issues uh, around you know, immigration, immigration right? and, yes. you know, Family. labor and like all this stuff yeah. in the movie. Um, there's a level on that adults can sort of appreciate yeah. uh, that stuff on. Like a historical side point to it, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that's where as me as a kid watching it, my dad enjoyed that. But I just loved this journey of this kid, you know, trying to discover himself in a completely new territory in a completely new land, which is essentially what every kid goes through every day of their life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're so exactly. sweet. Yeah. Okay, we, um, we're we running out of time. Itamar, I just, what a delight to meet you. And I didn't say that, you know, you're responsible. You're a Tony Award winning, you know, <laughs> yes. the band visit. Um, you, you know, won a million and won Tonys for that. I just personally, I only won one. Well, yeah, fine, but the show well. did well. <laughs> okay. Is the goal then when you launch like something like this in a Minnesota at a, you know, more in a regional area, is the goal at some point that this gets it to Broadway? It's a good question. Uh, on one level, on like a purely practical level, the answer is yes. Right. You, you, you always want um, your shows to have the, the sort of widest reach that they can and, and a big successful life and especially with a musical and especially with a musical based on something so beloved and well known right you have those kinds of high hopes for it but on a, like a creative or artistic and even like psychological level you have to approach every incarnation of the piece as like an end in itself you okay. just sort of you don't think like what uh let's what's it you know how will we do it when we're on broadway or like what you know you just sort of Say okay, what are, what are the resources we have at our disposal at CTC, which are great. If you've yeah. seen shows there, you know that. Um, and then let's make the best possible show we can, as though this is the only chance we're going to get to do it. And then, kind of paradoxically, in my experience, that's what leads to something moving on and having a bigger life. But it, there's always so much out of your control. So knock wood, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you're delightful. What yeah. a treat to have you on our show, Edamar. <laughs> Very kind. Um, Seriously, <laughs> this sounds like so much fun. You mm-hmm. can get your tickets now on American Tale, the musical, the world premiere, childrenstheater.org backslash American Tale for all your ticket information. I bet this one's going to sell out April 25th through June 18th. Congrats in advance. And it was just a delight to meet you. And hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. I hope so. Great to meet you Are you, you going to be here for the opening? Uh, yes, I will. All right. Maybe awesome. we, maybe we'll see you there. Maybe. <laughs> we're getting our, Take care, guys. We're getting our dresses ready and our suits ready. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk to you later. When we come back, I need to hear. Rocco's just been sitting here, wants to talk, wants yeah. to talk. We got some stuff going on. That just sounds like fun, doesn't it, Grant? Oh, I, yeah. It, honestly, I would see this probably by myself just because of the nostalgic factor with it. And like he said, it's it's any kid that sees this movie, you're going to learn from it and you're going to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. because it's like he said, it's all about, you know, immigration and how to adapt into a new world and all the crazy things could come from it. And the American dream and like that song, Never Say Never. I remember in my life when there was times when I didn't want to do something and I would go back to that song and never say never, try it out. You're you know, so like it's I just, love that. it's, 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 it's gotta be good based on that. It, yeah. Based on what we heard from him, it's probably that was really fun. Good. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Okay, gang, it's Julia for Learning Rx and, you know, just kind of talking about the American Tale, the musical coming to Children's Theater Company. I um, am just thinking about reading fun books with your kids. And I remember reading Stuart Little and some of these other great little books and going through them with my kids and then launching them onto reading. And reading is such an important part of everybody's life. And if your loved one isn't you know feeling it not it's not clicking i know people who have been reading specialists and teachers who have had a hard time helping their kids learn how to read learning rx has a scientifically proven program that helps children uh do this and it's through their one-on-one brain training and they've had success after success after success let that be your experience with your loved ones call them today at 952-949-6900 that's learning rx and when get signed up for the assessment, it's half price when you mention Lori. Thanks for hanging out with us. We just have a few minutes left. We went way over with Inamar Moses. What good energy that that movie just sounds or the musical just sounds fun. Um, you know what? What have you been watching, Marco? What have you loved? Uh, thank you for asking, and thank you for that soundbite. I am watching way too many things now. Well, I'm, welcome to the world. I know. Welcome <laughs> to the world. Uh, succession. Perry okay. Mason, oh. um, Shrinking, love it. Yellow Jackets, The Big Door Prize, which just came out this week on Apple. I loved it. Well, it's fun. I like it. Me too. Yeah. Good, good. And then I'm looking at stuff that's about to come out. Schmigadoon, Barry, Dave, somebody somewhere. There's way too much. Again. Okay, well, let's just cut it down for a quick yes. second. So we finished Shrinking. Okay, I'm Thumbs. only like three or four. Oh, yeah. just, oh, that was just an easy no-brainer. Feel good. <laughs> yes, yeah. for sure. Feel good. Similar to Ted Lasso because right. same writing. Crew, right, right, exactly. Yeah. And, and same with uh, the Big Door Prize. It's not. It's got that same feel to it, kind of a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, it's got like a dark edge to it, but also kind of that feel good. You want to cheer for these people, right? Yeah. 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 Here's the one that you're watching that I, I don't know. I turn your mic sideways so I can see through the MyTalk logo. I'll just turn it this way. Okay. So like I can this? see it. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I can see him. The logo's right across his eyes. I just see a little hole of your you. nose. Okay. So um, the one that I wanted to love after my love of Broadway musicals okay. was Schmigarugadoon. Schmigadoon, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't. It's on Apple Plus and it had Christian Chenoweth and it had. Um, who's the guy in it? The main guy. Uh, the guy from Key and Peele. Yeah, Key and Peele. Um, uh, Key. Key. Keegan, I, what's his, uh, Keegan Key? What's his middle Keegan, name? Keegan Key. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. And. Uh, AMK. Yeah. No, I agree. The first season wasn't, it wasn't a mind blower, but I liked it enough to that stick you'll go with back. it. And this new season seems like it's sort of going to tackle modernish musicals like Sondheim and Hamilton. So and what what is the concept of that for people who have never watched it? The concept was there was a couple Schmigger where she um Cecily Strong from oh. SNL loved musicals and Keegan Michael Key didn't and they ended up like in a magical world where the whole world was like a musical. Oh. And it sort of drove him crazy, but oh. she loved it. She, like everywhere they turned people would break out and that's, songs. Yeah. And that all of a sudden they'd great. be in the middle of a of a dance from Oklahoma yeah. or something. And he's and, like, this sucks. Get me out of yeah. here. I'm him. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is a dream come true. Um, and I, I, you're, I, I remember not, it, it didn't blow my mind, but I liked it enough. Sometimes you need like that just short little mindless one. And, and it was, but I was like waiting for something. Right. They all can't be Yellow Jackets and Perry Mason where there's, Because we know, can't handle and, that stress. Yes. 
So you need a little short. All right, so you're ready. Are they saying anything exciting about season two? I think the headlines I've read so far is that uh, people like it. Okay. So I'm excited. And Perry um, Mason, I think. Yeah, and that was another one where season one didn't blow me away, but it what it did, it made me go, who's this Matthew Reese guy? I like him. Oh, oh he was from the Americans? the Americans? Okay. So then I spent five seasons going down the America. That took forever. That's that as Lori and Grant have been, on, been down there. Yeah, that's, that's like five seasons of like 23 episodes. Yes. Do you see when they fall in love? Because the two leads in that, Carrie Russell, yes. who used to be Felicity, and Matthew Reese fall in love and they had to keep she was with someone else okay and they had to keep their trailer love a secret and he said finally assistance for figuring it out he yeah. said that on tax show but it's the <laughs> genesis of perry mason which is a show kind of i grew up with yeah with raymond raymond burr, burr. yeah no and, and this one's a little bit different i don't know if you watch season i one. have we just couldn't get enough of it and have started season two okay already. same i like it it's love. very stylized it's shot really cool it's like uh, la in the 30s yeah. right and it's it's just... really good grant you would love it all right Lori loved it and i just didn't have time yet yeah. but i am enjoying that okay what's the next one on the list um the one i'm excited for coming back on hbo max is somebody somewhere did you watch loved. that oh that was another With just bridget cute one. yes bridget what's her last name no. oh grant this is a good and then the guy in it um here we, this is like um, a show where you have to remember too many names and you can't remember them. Yes, and Bridget so people, Everett. Bridget Everett, who's hysterical. Oh, yes, I forgot, this was on H. Yes. Yes, this has, oh my God, I it's, forgot it's about charming. this charming. She is at home. She's kind of lost. Her <gasps> dad, you know, she's just a kind of a lost soul. Oh, yeah. Michael, Mike Hager, Haggerty was in it. Remember, yeah. he passed. And he yes. died yeah. in between seasons here. So we'll see how that goes. Was, that yeah. comes back uh, next month in April. Hmm. That was really good. And 100% then, no, on Rotten Tomatoes for that one, by the way. What? 100% on Rotten Tomatoes it, for somebody somewhere. It's got it was really, uh, um, it was heartfelt. It, you gave, it gave you moments of like, I remember being there. In my 20s, being so lost, thinking, what the hell am I going to do? And what am I going to be? And hating. Yep. I worked in a call center, um, like these guys did at one point. I sold water softener appointments with a gift. <laughs> if we could come test your water in Arizona. <laughs> but it was, it, it, I think it's so relatable yeah. on so many levels. Yeah, and uh, definitely a lot about sort of uh, being gay in a small yeah. Midwestern town. And, and uh, sort of... Uh, Finding music and song to certain, they had that little it's, secret music club. I loved on it. I love it. It's great. And then obviously, I did not watch Succession this week because my Succession club is on spring break. But I'm oh, loving. Oh. Can you only watch it when the club is in? That's we, yeah. We just sort of formed it this year for the final season. Okay. We're like, hey, are we all watching Succession? Yeah, let's watch it together. Okay. Okay. So so. Cool. Well, the, I watched the first one and I saw that the audience went down like by twenty two percent before the second one. Uh, this year? Yeah. That's interesting. Any I, thoughts? I first, like it. It's. Are you caught up? You watched all. Well, I seasons? feel like I might've skipped a part of last season. Okay. So, but I also don't think you need to be up to speed on everything. Right. It's uh, a hard one because there's really nobody to cheer for. You no. don't really like anybody. Right. <laughs> true. And they're all just sort of terrible. That's <laughs> so, so true. true. But it's fun. I don't know. It's and, great acting and great writing. And I like. I wish they had fancier clothes or went to fancier places. I mean, because they're so rich. Yeah. yeah. I want to have a little bit more. They're, more color. they're going like to front row concerts or they're not. <laughs> That's true. I wish they would use their status to be with rock stars or something a little more. Oh, wow. 
There you go. There's our uh, four-minute TV update. We're going to take a quick break. Steph March is joining us. Easter brunch questions. And-